going on, good people? What's going on? As promised, like I said, I was going to have a guest this week cranking off, talking about, you know, the good old NFL playoffs. And, of course, tonight we have the national championship. But I want to bring on my guest, and that is Ish from Pick and Roll Podcast. What's going on, Ish? What's going on with you, Sauce? Man, it's been a long time. Glad to be back, man. Yes, it has. It has been a long time, man. Glad to have you on the show. Um, I I know that you are excited. I'm excited. And, um, you know, the NFC Super, you know, wild card weekend. Um, We got Cowboys, 49ers. We got Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Philadelphia Eagles. We got Patriots and the Bills. You got, you know, you got you got some same division matchup just like that one with on the west side you got um uh, Cardinals and Rams. I mean, you got some games to where week 18 made a lot of success with a lot of people talking about bringing in the extra game uh for this season. Um you know, the the week 18 was going to bring in a little bit more uh pop to the league, you know saying coming into the Super Wild Card weekend. I thought it was a success with the uh, Raiders and uh, uh, Chargers game. You had the 49ers and Rams. What did you think of week 18? Man, I think, like you said, adding that extra week really did do exactly what they wanted it to do. It gave us not only an extra week of football, but all the way down to, like you said, the last game of the, mm-hmm. the Raiders against uh, Chargers was probably one of the best games that we've seen all year. So I think that not only was that a huge success for them from that standpoint, but it was also a huge success standpoint as far as boosting the playoffs because that game really had playoff implications all the way down to whether that game tied or however it decided to end. Like it was just week 18 for me was uh, extremely telling for some teams heading into the playoffs. It showed us a lot. It showed us, some teams that we thought might have been favorites heading in might not be quite as dominant as we thought. Like it's, it, I just feel like week 18 was needed. We didn't know it as fans. We, we loved it just because it's an extra week of football, but now we really see why they decided to do it. This year was probably the most fitting year for them to do it because of the way that everything played out throughout the year. So I loved week 18, man. Yeah, I, I did too. I, first off, you know, I was one of the people like, Oh man, I just want to, you know, try to milk it, you know, saying like, you know, they know we're going to watch, you know, so I just trying to milk it, you know, saying it's probably mm-hmm. gonna be bad, you know, somebody will get it's just the thing you think about the negatives, you know, you think about the negatives and you forget about, well, hey, what if you have a situation where a tie could put both teams in and eliminate a team from getting in? What if, you know, you had a, a implications where seeding could be played a factor or, you know, saying trying to get a team in or whatever like that? And that's what we got, you know, we had. Hell, we had like hellfire and brimstone, like I said, uh, 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 with the uh, Chargers and Raiders, but there was also hellfire and brimstone with Rams and um, with the Rams and 49ers down 17 to nothing. Debo Samuel, Jimmy Garoppolo, give credit to Fred Warner, the defense uh, for kicking in the new gear because it was kind of like some, you know, saying some. So, uh, they got out fast. The Rams got out fast on the 49ers, but they controlled the second half with just dynamic plays with Debo. The the, 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 the halfback tossed to him, and he passed it to 
um, Jennings for the touchdown. Um, then you have, you know, saying, uh, you know, like I said, pushing uh, the Rams back, you know, big sack by Fred Warner, you know, saying that that was needed, you know, saying a lot of things went in the way. But the one thing that stuck out to me was, was Matt Stafford not being Matt Stafford, that, you know, that we thought he was going to be at the beginning of the season for the third week in a row. And I would say with that, I would, I would, I would, would hope coming into this wild card week that he would get it together. But in that in that game, the 49ers just showed that they have peaked to this scary team in the in the playoffs, more scarier than I would say a Philadelphia or Pittsburgh. What do you think about 49ers after that game? Like, what do you think? I mean, they've they've been chipping away of how they how good they can be. You know, Jimmy missed some time, and then Trey Lance had to come in there, and he didn't look good at all last week. But you see with this game right here, how scary are the San Francisco 49ers heading into the playoffs? This 49ers team is one of the scariest teams to face in the playoffs right now. Like you said, for, especially for a team who likely wouldn't even made the playoffs had they lost or yesterday, should I say. And the reason why they're so dangerous is because they run the ball so well. And it's not just like gimmick runs here and there. It's like they're lining up. They're lining up Debo Samuel in the backfield. Now you have to worry about whether or not he's actually going to take a carry or flare out for a pass. Exactly. When he's not in the backfield, Mitchell is really running the ball extremely yes, well this year. Yes, so in the playoffs, everybody that watches football knows that the teams that likely have the most success in the playoffs are the teams that can not only control the line of scrimmage, but also the run game. Yeah. That's what makes the 49ers so scary is that not only can they scrimmage on defense with that front four that they have, they can also turn around and hand the ball off to what I think is the most dynamic player in the game right now in Debo Samuel. He can do it from every facet of the game. We saw him throw a touchdown pass. Like mm-hmm. he, a wide receiver lining up in the backfield that's lining up out wide that's now throwing touchdown passes. And one of the one of the key things that a lot of people are not mentioning about that 49ers team is the emergence of Jawan Jennings. He mm-hmm. is really playing standout ball here lately. Like they said yesterday during the game, which it made perfect sense to me because I've been watching them. But people who hadn't been watching him, Muhammad Sanu, who is a vet in the NFL, he was scheduled to come off IR and they were going to put him back in the fold and get him ready for a possible playoff run. Mm-hmm. The coaching staff said, we can't take Jawan Jennings off the field. Like, that spot was Muhammad Sanu's, but with the way that Jawan Jennings is playing, we can't take him off the field. And yesterday showed exactly why. So that's why I think they're one of the most scary teams in the NFC. And me being a Cowboys fan, I tell you what, man, I was so excited to – see the Cardinals again, which that's how everything seemed to be playing out up until mm-hmm. the outcome of that game. So now that we have the 49ers, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little nervous. I'm yeah. nervous. Yeah, it's got it's a, it's, it's a real nervous feel because, like I said, unlike the Arizona Cardinals, I feel like the I – I just honestly feel like the Cardinals may be coming into playoffs a little, you know, a little, you know, saying – Way behind the overrated. ears. Overrated. You know, a little overrated. overrated. You know, way behind the ears and overrated. Calamari, you know, he has not experienced it. 
Um, um, you have you have Clement. You got Rondell Moore. You got Christian Kirk. You got uh, uh, guys like that. But AJ Green has experience. It. DeAndre Hopkins has experience. It on levels of uh, incompetence of quarterback and coaching and things like that. So really, they have not really you know experienced on the level of having success. Um, Agree. You know, more so to say with DeAndre Hopkins, they was able to knock off the uh, Cincinnati Bengals, which, I mean, you know, back then with Andy Dalton, who it is not that hard to do so. But uh, <laughs> um, but, 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 but what I'm getting at is that you're bringing J.J. Watt in. We don't know what type of condition he's going to be in because mm-hmm. of his history. You know, it's a little different when you hear about Derrick Henry coming back or Cam Akers. They're younger. They, they've got good reports on their comeback, and they're not injury prone. So, I mean, like, mm. we're like, whoa, Cam Makers, Derrick Henry coming back. That's pretty good for Rams and Titans. But with J.J. Watt coming back, you're like, eh, eh, we don't, we don't know. Um, I feel like it's, it's, it's different for a guy like J.J. Watt for the simple fact that with the running back, there are, there, there are plays off, simply yeah. put. You're not going to run the ball every play. Yeah. For a defensive lineman, you're you're, somebody like J.J. Watt, you're in the trenches every play. Yeah. And nine times out of ten, they're needing you to rush the passer every right. play. So, like right. you said, somebody that's coming back from not playing weeks and weeks and weeks and being up in age, mm-hmm. I don't know exactly how effective he's going to be in right. that pass rush. But he's going to be something because J- Chandler Jones is everything they need. And you put sure. J.J. Watt out there, I mean, it could really help out Chandler some more, and that's scary. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, like you said, coming back from weeks and weeks, and, you know, just like – just, just like that, MC West just has those type of key injuries in the trenches. Just like the 49ers, they missed Trent Williams, and they had a backup who did good, but they missed yeah. Trent Williams. I mean, so there's there's injuries there to be said to where on all you know phases to where I look at the Cowboys who I picked to beat the 49ers got their injuries squared away. People are coming back now. Michael Gallup, I mean. that was tough. That was seriously tough. But you got back some players that you needed back. I feel that's going to help you, you know, saying tremendously in this trenches type playoff. I think this playoff is going to be needed for Zeke, who put on the right knee braces, run a little bit better. He had to got his eighty-five yards, got his bonus. Uh, Lawrence is on the field. You got uh, uh, help me out here. Yellow defense in that missed some time. Did y'all right. got him back? Good. Gregor Gregory, exactly. And like I said, Van Der Esch has had a good year with Michael Parsons being a freaking animal. You you got. It's just it, it, I feel like everything is just piecing together at the right time. Like you said, there were a lot of injuries that a lot of teams faced. But as I've said on multiple occasions, the Cowboys are one of the most healthiest teams heading into the playoffs as far right. as key players are concerned. Like you said, Michael Gallup, huge loss, huge yeah. loss. It sucks for him because this was his contract year. I thought that he was going to get paid this summer, whether it be from us or somebody else, he was going to get that money. But now you Number just never one. know how that goes. But that, that the guy that was sitting behind him, every time that he has been called on this year, whether it be when D.D. Lamb was hurt with his concussion against the Vikings, mm-hmm. whether it was when uh, Amari Cooper went down with COVID, Time after time after time, we have called on Cedric Wilson this year, and he is not disappointed yet. He's just showing that he's really the guy that we need him to be. Yep. Granted, he's not a Michael Gallup. He's not mm-hmm. a guy that's going to torture you as, as often as a Michael Gallup can, but he's so effective that we can use him in more ways than what we could use Michael Gallup. 
as you yeah. saw, you saw him throw a pass. You've seen him run reverses. Us use him in a lot of different ways. And I think that adding somebody like that to your playbook on the regular, like not just having him in for situational purposes, really gives a guy like Kellen Moore so options when it comes to calling plays. We know he likes to get animated at times. So mm-hmm. now he has the opportunity to do it whenever he wants to. And now that Cedric Wilson is a guy that's going to be in the lineup frequently, it's not going to look like anything out of the ordinary when you run a play or a gadget play that's involving him because he's always going to be on the field. But, yeah, like you said, it's it's really going to be all about those guys. Like you said, the Randy Gregory's, the, the Marcus Lawrence's, the Michael Parsons, and most importantly, the Leighton Van Der Esch because he is a guy that, Oftentimes this year, teams have keyed on of his aggressiveness. He likes mm-hmm. to attack the line of scrimmage. So he gets beat a lot over the middle by tight ends and on play actions and things of that nature. So that's going to be something interesting to watch with this 49ers game for the simple fact that Jimmy G's not going to go down go down the field that often. He's not going to have the time with this pass rush. No, so it's no. going to be the, the linebacker, the play of the linebackers is going to be what's most important and the Cowboys securing a win. And like you said, you chose the Cowboys. Me, not even from a bias standpoint, I chose the Cowboys as well this week just because I feel like there are a couple of nuances in the game to where the 49ers just don't line up that well. Somebody like Jimmy Garoppolo is a guy who, as I said, doesn't like to throw the ball down the field quite as often. And I think that that's something that a lot of teams have taken advantage of as far as uh, attacking the Cowboys this year. They've done a lot of downfield. That's why Trayvon Diggs has given up as many yards as he has, not because he's just getting torched on a bunch of underneath routes or comeback routes. It's everything over the top is why he's getting beat. Double moves. He's aggressive. That's the way to beat him. So with guys like Jimmy Garoppolo, who doesn't like to throw the ball down the field quite as often, you might be at a disadvantage as far as what your offense can bring to the table or how you can attack a Cowboys defense who really does in a passing game. There's no way around it. So right. And, and if, that's if the you're thing about be, it to where George Kittle could make a big play there there too there in the in, exactly. in, in, in that in that in between the uh, hashes there. And like what you what you said, y'all being the most healthiest team, Debo Samuel's not the most healthiest player, even though he fought out of Throw uh, yesterday. That, that that's why I said it just slipped. That's why I more so picked the Cowboys because they're feeling it, they're healthy, and it's good to peak at the right time. And just like I mentioned, uh, or um, you know, when I was sitting there talking about myself, I've, I've sit there and said another team that's peaking at a real good time, and that is uh, the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Um, you know, saying now, granted that you know it was a, almost a scary moment for Joe Burrow getting hurt in that in that game, trying to win that game over the uh, it was a week seventeen uh, against the uh, Chiefs. But you know that that he's going to become ready. You know, saying in that wild card game against the Raiders, that's another team I think that is picking this very well. That could be dangerous to to win. You know, saying a couple games um, to get you know saying possibly to a Super Bowl. Uh, if you look at the Cowboys going back to going back to this Cowboys 49ers game, if you look at the Cowboys, I mean, you can you can dare say that there's a couple games that they could have not showed a lot of things uh, offensively that they wanted to sit there and try to show off in this Eagles game that I'm sitting there saying, like I said, Mr. Wilson and everybody getting involved and stuff like that. It could come very scary to where I think 
I mentioned by myself, like I said, Kellen Moore has to call plays to go down the field, I think, early. You don't want to get into so much first and second down runs with Zeke. Tony Pollard trying to throw these screen plays where Dak goes out there and launches a screen out there. I think you got to try to attack this defense. You got corners, I think, that makes mistakes. Thomas, um, um, that other corner, Mosley, who, who had the pass interference, they make mistakes. And I think you got to kind of attack that with the talent you, that you have missing Michael Gallup and, and put pressure on that 49ers defense and try to get that start that the uh, that the Rams had 17 nothing who has that 43-0, you know, 42-0, I mean, a 43-0 record um, being the to have, and they lost that yesterday. I think y'all can be in that position and hold it and keep putting that foot down the pedal. I think that's how you eliminate a, a, a team like the 49ers that can kind of have long possessions, keep the ball, run the ball, uh, Mitchell, Debo, this and that, you know, like you said, going to make the quick throws because Jimmy Garoppolo took some hits in the teeth that he made mm-hmm. throw third downs and stuff like that. Where I'm like, hey, if he do that in the playoffs, they're going to be a very good. hard team to beat. Exactly. I think you got to jump out on the 49er, 49er team and get points. I think Kellen Moore is going to have to hit the, you know, saying hit the button of saying, hey, let's get a 20 yard pass real quick. You know, we need that CD Lamb catch against the Philadelphia Eagles that that one that was so beautiful and he went across the middle. We need plays like that. So I mean, if he if if y'all really serious about pushing ahead of this playoff, I think y'all need to show, okay, we need to move the ball because I know for I, sure Tom Brady, for example, going against Philadelphia Eagles, Philadelphia Eagles, who wants to run the ball, who wants to sit there and run, Jalen Hurts going to run. Um, they're gonna run uh 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 my uh, uh Sanders. They're gonna run, you know, saying uh the back. I can't think of his name. I think, uh, I think he's retiring, ain't he? Uh, Mr. Uh, uh Joseph Adai. I mean, I mean, I, I said Joseph Adai. Uh, uh Jason J Adai. Ain't he retiring? Yeah, um, I think so. right. Um, they're gonna be trying to just pound the ball, and I'm guaranteeing that Byron Leftwich is not gonna sit there and try to waste no time. Doing no, no, you know, we're gonna try to move the ball. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna test Darius Slay. We're gonna test these guys. We're gonna try to get the points. I think Kellen Moore needs to do the same thing because I think with teams, it's gonna try to have long possessions, trying to run the football, put a bunch of points on them, and see what they could do after that. Exactly, and it's exactly that's the most interesting part about this matchup is that both teams have opposite approaches. It's literally the opposite. The Cowboys, in order for them to be successful, are going to have to stretch the field early and often. This is not a – typically teams say, okay, when you have a running back like Zeke or you have a, a running back or a duo like Zeke and Pollard, you want to get the running game established early so that you can open up your play. The complete opposite. In order for the Cowboys to have success, they're going to have to stretch the ball down the field, and then later in the game, that's when you lean on your run game to to wear them down even more. You don't want them to get in a situation to where they're stopping your run early, so now they know that you got a pass and they're teeing off. With that pass rush that the 49ers have, you don't want them to get in a situation like that. And on the flip side, with the 49ers, they're going to try to keep that offense off the field, just as you said. So the best way to combat that is to make sure that you go out and light it up early. I want to see that team that we saw earlier this year, which I believe we will see because there's a lot of fishy things going on with Kellen Moore and his play. And there's a lot of coaches and analysts and different guys who have alluded to the fact that Kellen Moore dumped his playbook down throughout the midst. 
that's so one play when playoff time came, he could have a completely different uh arsenal for. And I'm pretty sure that that's what he's done. Seeing as early on in the year, the type of plays that he was calling and showing off, the, those plays have been non-existent since probably about week four, week five, somewhere around there. And mm-hmm. with that being the case, I can't see a, a play caller as talented as Kellen Moore falling off like that. It's got to be something more to it. And the fact, like, uh, I want to say it was Trent Dilfer, maybe? Uh, I can't remember. I don't know. I don't think it was Trent Dilfer. It was a former quarterback who was really who's close friends with Kellen Moore. And he said that he would text Kellen Moore frequently, just like what's going on with the offense. Mm-hmm. The offense just seems to be lackadaisical. It's not what it was earlier on mm-hmm. in the year. And Kellen Moore's response was a smiley emoji every time. Every time he would text him back, it would just be a smiley emoji. So things like that really show me, OK, there's clearly more to this situation. There's yeah, not the, it, it's simple as that, and it's it's really going to come down to that. Yeah, I honestly think that there's teams out there, and that, that's why I was sitting there saying, man, hey, there could be some sandbagging going on. There's teams that there's got these coordinators, got these head coaches that sit there and say, hey, look, we know how to manage the game. W's a W. Um, you know, games is going to be certain matchups in this. Bill Belichick was a master at that. You know what I'm saying? Like, Bill Belichick is the master of it. He's going exactly. to sit there and not show you things or have a totally different game plan for different teams with this and that to where you can't pinpoint on nothing. You don't know what this team may do. You don't know what this team may come out with. And there's been times where teams have showed that in the playoffs and got blown completely off the map. Um, you know, you know, I felt like with Carolina that, that year when they beat Arizona in the NFC Championship, it was plays that I'm like, damn, where did these plays come from? You know what I'm saying? Like, we're going to do this against this defense. Um, um, when, when Pittsburgh, when Pittsburgh was playing, uh, uh, it was, uh, that was in the regular season. I was sitting there like Ben Rosberg threw seven touchdowns. I'm like, this team was playing the ball. Back plays the Heath Miller, you know, <laughs> it just things happen when you have like the Dallas Cowboys that you can do different things to where you can say, Hey, we're gonna manage to win this game. Hey, we lost that one, that was tough, but we are not going to let our full hand out. And Kelly Moore with the smell emojis might be sitting there saying, hey, we want to see against 49ers because we didn't know that Cal Shanahan was going to run the ball 40-something times in the, in, the, in the NFC Championship game, you know what I'm saying, and just pound the freaking, you know, rock to get to the Super Bowl. We thought that Jimmy Garoppolo was going to get him there. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, yeah. what are these coaches going to do? Yeah, I, I agree 100%. I think that more than – the matchups on the field is going to have a lot to do with the matchups on the sidelines as well. Yeah, yeah, man. This is a big year for that. And that's why you've seen three, the trio of coaches get fired um, this morning. We're going, we're going to get to that later. But we have over here on the – we covered the NFC side. We got – I mean, uh, we, we got the NFC side half recovered. what I'm talking about. I forgot about – and I didn't see, that's the mindset that I cannot have. And I did that with my own team, and I'm sorry. I'm going to say sorry to my audience. But the Tampa Bay Buccaneers also is playing the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles is somebody that I did mention in part by talking about the Cowboys and the 49ers matchup is that they got in the playoffs because they found something to work. And what was that ish? Well, are you you're speaking about the, the Buccaneers? No, Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, the Philadelphia what, Eagles. What, what, made the, what got working for the Philadelphia Eagles? What was that, the one thing? The run game. Yes, sir. Which is crazy because throughout the year, 
like when they were on their losing streak earlier in the year, the fans were livid at the fact that they were not giving the ball to Miles Sanders at all. They were not giving him the ball. He literally had, I want to say, a stretch of games where he had like single-digit carries in those games combined, and then he had a, he had a he had a carry, and his carry went for like thirty or forty yards. And he yes. was like, "Give me the ball," I but they still that. wouldn't do it. But I that now play. that Miles Sanders is banged up, and they have other backs that they're handing the ball to, I I can only think in my mind that he as a player is livid right now just for the simple fact that the run game is thriving the way that it is and he knew it all along he mm-hmm. just simply wanted to be a part of it so that's clearly what Philly has leaned on and it's it's easy to do when you have a guy like Jalen Hurts I mean a, a quarterback that can take as many carries and and hits as he can, which I think that that may be a problem, but that's neither here nor there. I just think that Philly's done a great job of adjusting. Uh, Nick Sirianni has done a great job of, okay, I wanted to be a pass-first guy, but I'm starting to see that these receivers that I have, just they're, they're not it. They're not mm-hmm. what I need them to be. They make too many mistakes. They drop too many balls. They don't get enough separation on their route. So mm-hmm. what's the next best thing? Let's turn around and hand the ball off, or let's run it with my quarterback. Simple yeah. as that. Because if trying to make David Hurst, Matt James, <laughs> or trying to make him Patrick Mahomes, or trying to make him something of like, hey, we would you to drop back and see you go through your progressions? I mean, like, we, you know, you you can make a different type of uh, an, an, uh, analyzation on on Jalen Hurst by, like you said, just just hand the ball off and let him roll out and see if he can create something. He had a 24-yard run up the middle because he rolled out. He rolled out. And, and then he was like, okay, I'm gone. And, you know, it just sit like that. You can sit there and say, okay, now we now we can start seeing some different production. Uh, but he is Jamal Sanders. That they said he's hopeful uh, for this wild card game. Um, he, you know, he's trying his hardest to get back. But, you know, the the, uh, the wide receivers I think the Eagles have, you know, having Devontae Smith and uh, Rager and, and players like that, you know, they're going to – I think they will flow better with with going with the run game because they can, you know, with play action, you know, they can make certain plays forever like that. If you watch the Jets, the Panthers, the Saints, those teams that play the game they play the game, you know, got you know, gas you look run play. You know what I'm saying? So that needs to be, you know, so highly dressed where we are so banked up on with Devontae, uh, Levante Davis, Shaq Barrett, JPP, and that right there is a vulnerable spot and still kind of showed a little bit last game, yesterday. So, I mean, it's going to be that Washington football team versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last year in the playoffs to where Taylor Henneke was in it. He was in the game. So if Taylor Hurts could be in this game, so it, I, I would say that a, a little nervous, yes, 
dealing with the A B stuff, I don't think it's a distraction. I think we kind of got the, rid of that. But with the run game is what I'm worried about. With our with with and I'm saying that because my team's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but I'm not being biased because I'm worried about things about the Philadelphia Eagles. The things with the uh, with Ronald Jones and and uh, Leonard Fournette and having Vaughn, we don't know who's going to pop it. You know, have that big game. Leonard Fournette's banged up. Ronald Jones has not showed me what he needed to do this year. And, and Vaughn has had one big play. I got one big play from Vaughn. And then, you know, we got Giovanni Bernard not, you know, saying banged up as well. So, I mean, like, Le'Veon Bell comes to try to save the day. He scored two touchdowns in two games in a row. So, I mean, can he be something? I'm hoping that Le'Veon Bell has this type of motivation, this type of, like, uh, 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 like outer body. Like, I'm with Tom Brady. He did it with Leonard last year. And he's done it with uh, so many other players, Randy Moss and stuff like that. When you come and play with Tom, you light up. LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, it happens. You know what I'm saying? When you're around greatness, you kind of light up. And I, I would say if we're going to have Le'Veon Bell out there on the football field, I hope that he has that type of motivation that he can, you know what I'm saying, progress. I want to give a hand clap and, 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 and give kudos to Mike Evans for his eighth straight season having 1,000 yards. For people that don't like to put Mike Evans – up on the top is 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 by far the most craziest thing to have him eight. I believe he was seventh. You know, what I'm saying like he is a monster. He's eight seasons in a row, a thousand yards, and he makes big plays. He's not no hitch in 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 in, in drag routes. Do you agree with that, Ish? No, I think we have some technical difficulties, but that's what that's what. Mike Evans, that, that is what Mike Evans does, man. I mean, like, he makes big plays, and somebody like that who can sit there and consistently get a 1,000-yard seasons, man, that is that is something that is something to be said right there. We're going to try to get Ish back um, in, on, on there. But uh, we got that matchup, you know what I'm saying, it's going to be good. Like I said, I I, I believe that the Tampa Buccaneers can win that game. We fixed the technical difficulty problem there. We got Ish back. And I was sitting there talking about Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Philadelphia Eagles. Y'all sit there and heard me sit there rambling about what I had to feel about Mike Evans and everything about coming into play with the missing of KB. But I got his going to Yeah, I, I wanted to touch on the Mike Evans stuff as well. Um, I'm not really sure when things change, but I used to be one of those guys too. I was one of those guys who – for whatever reason, didn't give Mike Evans his justice. Just always felt like he wasn't as good as most people thought he was. And come to find out, he's that guy. He, he's exactly who people think he is. He's a, a great receiver, top 10 receiver in the league. So people can make a case for top five in the league. I mean, don't lie. The fact that he's had this many consecutive thousand yard seasons with different quarterbacks. It's not like it's just he's been playing with Tom Brady all this time. He exactly. had, he's, he's been playing with Jameis Winston as well. I mean, we've seen – it doesn't seem to matter what quarterback is on the ball to him. He makes the plays that need to be made. Now, yeah, you can nitpick a little bit about some of the passes that he drops or some plays where he just seems to take plays off. But for the most part, Mike Evans is – He's a threat. He's a guy that all teams, for whatever reason, key on because, I mean, 
he's shown time after time that if you don't, he's going to make you pay. Yep. And I think that we're going to see that we're going to see a lot of that this offseason just for the simple fact that there's no Chris Godwin. There's no um, Antonio Ouch. Brown. Ouch. Now, we have – there's also, I mean, the banged-up running back situation, as you already mentioned. So, mm-hmm. a lot of teams naturally are going to think, okay, so who is Tom Brady most comfortable getting the ball to? Rob Gronkowski. So, yes, we'll sir. probably see a lot of bracketing around Gronk. And that's going to open up. that's going to open mm-hmm. up. Exactly. It's going to open yes, for everybody to actually see, oh, yes, man, Mike Evans really is a problem. And I think this is an opportunity like no other. He's going to have to make the most of it, and I think that he will. I think I think so, too. And I think Cameron Bray could benefit a lot. Cameron Bray's been looking good here the past couple of weeks. And I think that, uh, if anything, you know, Scotty Miller, we're starting to use him like a little, uh, like a little, like a little Debo Samuel. He ain't, he ain't nothing like Debo, but we starting to use some jet sweeps and we're starting to use him in like little, little plays because that speed and his football instinct, you know what I'm saying? He has a football instinct about him to where we can't use him as a gadget player like that instead of just having him try to be a, a down the field wide receiver. So, we're going to have to use Darden. We're going to have to use uh, uh, O.J. Howard. He's going to have to be utilized. We're going to have to um, get something from uh, Mr. Johnson. Uh, so, I mean, like, I, I, we, we, we need it, you know what I'm saying? Because Chris Godwin, 86 catches going in in, in that Saints game, um, uh, you know what I'm saying? He, of course, not, nothing near Cooper Cup or uh, Stephon Diggs, but – He's he was our guy, you know what I'm saying, for the screen and get us 10 yards of yak. He was our guy that was going to catch the five yard hitch and get us some yak. He was our guy that was going to be down the field, even even on corner routes or something like that. He did it all. Agreed. With with, with the with the injuries to the knee of uh, Mike Evans, and he had the injury in the fake uh, card and all that that came with AB. We had injuries with, you know, saying what we had to do with our uh, Gronkowski with the punctured lungs. We had injuries to, to O.J. Howard. We had injuries to Cameron Bryce. So, I mean, like, everybody was getting banged up to where Chris Scott was our guy, and then, boom, he turned his ACL. So, now we got to we gotta get together. And I feel that, you know, I do think if we played the Saints again, we could beat them. Well, we'll feel better about ourselves because we're playing a team that's going to play like that. And I think that we are on the right track to utilize Gronk to 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 move the football because Gronk ain't going to be no five and yard. You know, he, we're going to try to get some 15-yard chunk plays with Gronk. Down the middle, we're going to try to get something big with uh, Mike Evans to put pressure on Jalen Hurts to score points. And that's all we need to do to win that football game. Because that's their pass for us. If I'm not mistaken, is 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 not like Washington football teams last year, but it's something to be you know with with Fletcher Cox. But I don't I don't think it has that type of effect to where like I don't, I don't think they can dominate a game. I don't. What's your opinion on that? It's good, but like you said, it, it's not game dominance worthy. They're not just going to come out here and control the game by their pass rush. Now, I will say that. Uh, Marvin, what is his last name? Marvin, I want to say, is it Watson? The uh, he just came from Florida State. He's their uh, D tackle. They move mm-hmm. him around a lot. They mm-hmm. like him a lot, and he's mm-hmm. shown a lot of promise 
and being able to not only rush the passer, but take advantage of mismatches at the line of scrimmage. Now, he did get banged up in the uh, last game versus us, so I'm not sure how healthy he'll be heading into y'all's matchup, but he's definitely somebody that uh, he, for for whatever reason, I guess because teams focus more on Fletcher Cox, he finds himself in the opposing team's backfield a lot. Mm-hmm. So he's somebody who can affect the game uh, multiple ways as far as stopping the run and rushing a passer. So uh, outside of him and Fletcher Cox, um, I wouldn't really say that you got much to worry about as far as rushing a passer is concerned. Their strength is on a, um, as far as not being on the field that often, being able to control the clock with that I- run I got you. I got you with, and that's you know, you know, and that's why I was sitting there like, well, I would, I would like to see, um, is it was it Marvin Scott? Um, no, it's it's okay. something with a W. It's either uh Watson or something like that. I cannot remember what will is it Williams? I don't. I can't remember. But um, yeah, he's he's definitely. Special. Yeah. Okay. He's a special yeah. Marvin individual. Williams. Yeah. Marvin Williams. That's exactly who it is. Yeah. He's okay. he's special. Marvin Wilson. Marvin Wilson. 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 Marvin Wilson. That's exactly what it is. Marvin, okay. I said, who's this kid? Marvin Wilson. I got you. Number seventy three. Yes, um, sir. Okay. Okay. That now that's something to be. That's something to look at right there. And uh, big ups to Jason Jason Kelsey when he got that. Uh, he kept the streak alive. <laughs> one snap against y'all. He, he did. They said he left totally different than AB did. I was laughing at that. <laughs> I was cracking up at that. But yeah, so I, I, I like I said, I think Bucks is going to win that game. Do you agree? Um, yeah, I, I can't really see any scenario to where they lose that game. Okay, I just, okay. I can't imagine it. I got you, and and I and I got and I so that's so we got Bucks, and you got we both got the Cowboys, and I and I and I got the. Um, Rams, who you got in that game? Uh, Rams, Cardinals. <sighs> I I want to pick the Rams, but I need to know who's suiting up for the Cardinals. If there's if it's a healthy D Hop out there, if JJ Watt can be seventy five percent of the JJ Watt that we know him to be, I think that they have a great chance of. Rams just off the strength that Matt Stafford hasn't looked as they would hope that he would look. He, I feel like he's looked like the typical football fan has known him to be over the years. Like he's mm-hmm. a very good quarterback, definitely a step up from what they had at quarterback mm-hmm. um, and Jerry Goff, but he still shows signs of not quite being elite. Now with him, and Sean McVay together with the brilliant mind that Sean McVay has, the fact that he was able to lead Jared Goff all the way to the Super Bowl, that should tell you enough right there that he's capable of getting a team there. They just need Matthew Stafford to play some good ball. Yeah. Uh, one of our friends, Sam, uh, of Pick and Roll Podcast, my co-host, also said the same thing that I'm saying now as far as what Matthew Stafford has shown the last couple of weeks. He makes egregious mistakes as far as plays leading to turnovers and points Mm -hmm. for the opposite team. Mm -hmm. When you have a defense as good as the Rams have, 
it's one thing to turn the ball over. It's a completely different thing to not even give your defense a chance to stop this team yeah. when you throw a pick six. Yeah. So things like that could be extremely wow. detrimental. Yeah. But I like the Rams ultimately because I don't feel like – I feel like if you line them up, both teams healthy, I think the Rams have enough to overcome that. Division game, um, division division opponent, I feel like it's going to be tight either way. Right. But I like the Rams. I like yeah. the Rams in that matchup. And I think, and I think too, it's like Jalen Ramsey got a thing over DeAndre Hopkins too. Man. It's just it's something. It's something. Something he got, he got something over him, and it's just like it's like you, you, you're gonna have a tough time dealing yeah. with him. You know, what yeah. I'm saying it's never, it's never fared very well on the on the side of DeAndre Hopkins, as much as we love him as a as a top three wide receiver in the league. Um, but moving to the AFC, we got some we got a surprise team. That I, I I would tell you this much: I did not think that we were gonna be looking at some terrible talent. I did not. <laughs> I didn't either. I did not think that the you know Carson Wentz that you know and I and I'm bringing up Carson Wentz very briefly because I'm very upset with that team Frank Wright that team could not cover a receiver they could not block for Jason Jonathan Taylor they couldn't block for Carson Wentz and Carson Wentz stunk it up and it's just like it was a team mess up and more so you could just say Carson Wentz but for them to for them to sit there and put. Pittsburgh in a chance to be in this in this postseason, which they're now going to be playing the Kansas City Chiefs. We got to look at Ben Roethlisberger, and 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 then you know we got to think now: Does this team that has T.J. Watt, who tied Michael Strahan for the most sacks in the season, yeah, you have other pieces of this defense that can be very, very, very problematic in the postseason type play? How do you feel about this matchup? If Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs came out there playing a little bit too, I would say not say too safe, but just playing like whoa, now we you know what I'm saying we gotta we gotta try to instead of playing a, like a loose version of themselves, are they gonna play a little tight? If if the Chiefs come out and play lackadaisical, they're gonna be in for a ball game just because of what Pittsburgh's defense is able to do. I think the only way that Pittsburgh wins this game is if their defense can force multiple turnovers and somehow get a score as well because let's just let's just call it what it is man Pittsburgh's offense is not effective there's nothing about their offense that scares anybody Ben Roethlisberger threw the ball 40 to 50 something times the other day and didn't even like when when quarterbacks throw for that throw for that have that many attempts that leads to 400 500 yard games he didn't even crack 300 i don't mm-hmm. even know if he cracked 200 i can't remember if he did i know he was close to it at a point in time but things like that show how ineffective your offense is so in order for the chiefs to lose this game it's going to have to come down to the steelers forcing turnovers for one and two, the Steelers are going to have to dominate the line of scrimmage and get Najee Harris going. If they can get him going and let him run downhill and keep the Chiefs' offense off the field, and when the Chiefs' offense does come on the field, as I said, for some turnovers, they got a chance to win. If they don't do that, they have absolutely no chance at all of being the Chiefs. Simple as that. Yeah. Now, the thing that does play into the Steelers' hands is that the Chiefs aren't healthy. A lot of people aren't speaking on it, but the Chiefs aren't healthy going into the nope. playoffs. 
Nope. Tyreek Hill is not 100%. Travis Kelsey is not 100%. Just it when you see things like this, exactly not healthy. When you see key pieces like that, not 100%, the opponent's licking their chops now. They're like, oh, we get to play against these guys and they not 100%. That's enough confidence right there. To, to put a team in a frame of mind of springing an upset. And what better year to do it than in Big Ben's last season? Right. Because, I mean, I, I, I'm, if, if, if any team for miracles, I mean, the immaculate reception, you've had the other big plays of like they do. And then you had, you know, Jerome Bettis on his last year, Super Bowl in Detroit, hometown, and they go to Super Bowl and win it. You know, a lot of miracle type shit happens. With that terrible towel that I'm mentioning, a lot of miracle types. Antonio tippy toe at the Larry Fitzgerald played out of the side. You know, an interception by James Harrison Hatch. I think I bring up all this miracle type stuff about how it scares me that this Pittsburgh team can go against a very banged up Kansas City Chiefs team that you mentioned that you hit spot on. That they can't run the ball and they can't, you know, they can't. Take chances of, you know, with three and outs and let, you know, this team use Najee Harris right. And he play, and he pans out in this game. You know what I'm saying? Like, if they if he ends up with 100-some yards, they can win this game. Because exactly. Because Patrick Mahomes off the field, and then somehow Big Ben's going to put points on the board. And we sit there and watch the Cincinnati Bengals, the same type team with a more dynamic quarterback wide receiver duo. Versus a Claypool versus Ben, you know what I'm saying? Or, or you mentioned, or, or you could say James Washington or whatever, Juju or whatever. But do you have a same type defense of minded team that stopped Kansas City from scoring a whole half and they came back and won a touchdown? They scored three points, but they didn't score a touchdown the whole second half against Cincinnati Bengals. So, I mean, like, it, it, they, can, they can give you a half like that to where. It could be problematic. They might turn around and lose that game. But I'm going to say that they're going to win it. But, man, it's it, it's crazy that Pittsburgh is in this playoff and they got a team that is limping. But, it's you know, they found the stride, but they weren't playing good teams. And <laughs> I don't look at Pittsburgh as a good team either. So, that's why I say I, I think Kansas City can win this game. Yeah, I, I just think the AFC as a whole right now is, like, it's very jumbled because yeah. – the teams that you would assume would be at the top are, like you said, limping into the playoffs yeah. for mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of uncertainties. Even somebody like the Titans, which I'm sure we're going to touch on, yeah. they they have a lot of questions marks as well. It's just we'll, we'll touch on that when we get there. But as far as the AFC is concerned, it's anybody's ball game at this yeah. point. Anybody's ball game, man. It's crazy. And then we got you know, the, the, the ice bowl part two that's going to be in Buffalo, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's going to, it's, it's going to go down and uh, new England, you know, lost to Miami. We don't know if they was going full go it or not. You know, Mac Jones played out there. I saw Kevin, I saw Bourne out there. I saw uh, Kobe Meyer out there. So take it that they was trying to win that game. So, I mean, from what I can say from what have you done for me lately, you know, uh, Buffalo looks like they can win this game. You know, if they got to be able to say, hey, if they're going to sit there and try to run the ball, run the clock out like they did the last time, y'all got to be prepared for it. But I want to know what you think is, is Josh Allen, you know, saying more, you know, saying like this is this is his, 
like this is you you got paid. You know what I'm saying? Like of all these young quarterbacks that we talk about, that is not you know what I'm saying like we mentioned Justin. I, I mentioned Justin Herbert earlier, but I, I you know he gets how he talked about Joe Burrow. You know, saying the Lamar Jackson. You know, yeah, these guys. But you know, jo- Josh Allen got paid. Am I not mistaken? And yes. he has to show up. I think mostly in this AFC side of things, to where you got to beat New England right now because you got to announce the dominance over this division. Now going against a rookie quarterback, and here you're in your third year, in your fourth year. I mean, that's a fact. Simple as that. And it, this is like the best opportunity of any for a guy who only are you facing a team that you're familiar with. You're facing a team that has dominated the AFC for years. So mm-hmm. what better way to show that you're worth your money than to go out and beat one of the greatest coaches of all time? Yeah. Simple, simply put, doesn't yep. really get much clearer than that. If yep. the table sent you for you, to... what are you mm-hmm. gonna do? Exactly, Mundo. Uh, uh, Sean McDermott, uh, offensive uh, guru type coach, hired in as that. You know, what I'm saying they come with that title now that they're this offensive guru. He has a lot on the plate to sit there and prove to sit there and say, "Hey, you got to you got to go against uh, Belichick and, and McDaniel's." You know, what I'm saying you're gonna have to sit there and 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 befuddle them. It's it just it's a big it's that's why I say it's, it's it's the I think it's the biggest game maybe the, the the I put it as the top two games of this wild card weekend because it's like Josh Allen got some shit to prove but Belichick is like hey I told y'all I could get get my guy you know got him 16th pick and then here we are in the playoffs we look good in the regular season we had some bad games here and there but here we are they're not in they're not in Foxborough though. But they're in a familiar place. And I, I would say in this game, I'm selecting New England, which is a shocker. Wow. I, was, I know. I know. But I just, I just, it's just hard for me to sit there and say that Belichick is going to come in here and be one and done. So I don't, what would you got? I think that is going to be a much closer game than the experts think. But I, I just – I don't think that Bill Belichick has enough – with this roster as it is to beat these guys. I think that he makes it close. It's going to be I, – I, I could even see Buffalo winning on the game-winning field goal, mm-hmm. something along those lines. But I just think that as great of a coach as Bill Belichick is, he can't go out there and play. And a lot of the times he had greatness to rely on. Tom Brady. Tom Brady had that same fire in his gut that Bill Belichick has when it comes to proving people wrong. And Bill Belichick has that in his stomach, but I don't think that Mac Jones is quite that guy yet. He's just, I'm happy to be here type of guy. He's not a, I'm proving, I'm, I'm here to prove the doubters wrong. He's not that guy yet. I think he will be, but even beyond him, I don't think that they have the risk to do what they need to do and everybody knows that they can run the ball it's been evident that they can run the ball they've been able to do it all year so I expect Buffalo to come in prepared for that they've played them twice this year this will be number three what what more do you need to learn now I, I do think that Bill Belichick gets creative and lets Mac Jones open it up more than what we've seen but once again 
I just don't think that he's got the dogs that have the same mentality that he does. On the defensive side, yeah, for sure. They're there. But I, I just can't see it. So I like Buffalo. Um, mm-hmm. I like Buffalo by, I'm going to say 10. I like Buffalo by 10. Mm, I like it. Okay. I'm a, I'm, like I said, I got, I got New England by a game with a field goal. I think, I think. And that's not it's not that's not far fetched either. Yeah, it's not far fetched at all. Yeah, I got them by game winning field goal. I think I think like I said, man, I just think that Belichick is gonna take off that headset and he's gonna walk to Sean McDermott and it's gonna be like, <laughs> wow, man, like I, shit, you know. I, I don't think it'll go any further than that. I think you know, uh, but I just think they I think they could actually beat Buffalo, man. I just don't think that they may have that. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? The word that, you know, maybe, you know what I'm saying? Because Josh Allen is a young team. This team is young, you know what I'm saying? With, you know, what they got going. I mean, they can, you know, they can move. If some people move on, they can. They got guys that's coming up. They're doing a good job up there. But I just think uh, coaching the quarterback, um, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Josh Allen may be on a, on a better, maybe better than Mac Jones. But Mac Jones is kind of like how you can say with like the college football with the coaching points. The overall goes up. <laughs> and like, That's for sure. The overall goes up when you got Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels sitting there in your in your head in your headset. That's so right. uh, I, I, that's why I think I got New England by, by a field goal on that one. But also, uh, with you know, what I'm saying you, you mentioned you mentioned the Tennessee Titans. They're sitting at the bye. Um, um, they're they're, they're going to be waiting on. Uh, and you can answer this question for me right here. They're waiting on. If and now Cincinnati beats the Raiders, they would they should be playing. Uh, who, who if, if Cincinnati beats uh, the Raiders, and if say if the uh, the Pittsburgh if Pittsburgh beats the Chiefs, they're going to be playing the Titans. Am I correct? Correct. Whoever okay. the lowest seed available. Yeah, that's what whatever I thought. The, yeah, that's what whatever I thought. the lowest seed left. Right. Okay. Got you. Got you. So okay. So okay. So now we got Cincinnati and Las Vegas. Um, who who I think is that is that is that game of like we I I saw something in Joe Burrow. I remember I was a I was a guest on you and Sam's uh, episode of a Pick and Roll podcast, and I was sitting there talking about different quarterbacks and stuff that transferred out of Ohio State. We're talking about Tate Martell, got off with Miami. Um, was talking about uh, um, you know we was talking about Joe Burrow and his transition going to LSU. Having that year, not being fully in, into the offense and stuff like that, and the family had the offseason and, and stuff like that, and had a good spring, and had a damn good Heisman year, won the national championship, and I was like, man, he did that all by just being so cool. I look at quarterbacks, and, you know, we were talking about the national championship, like somebody like a Stetson Bennett or somebody like uh, uh, guys like a, a Colton Coyne or or guys that you get there, they might sit there and have a name, or you might not have a name or stuff. Joe Burrow led a highly offensive weapon. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can sit there and dare say that, man, he has so many weapons. You don't know if da 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 But you can just see in Joe Burrow that, damn it, he's good. And he's he, a and baller. He can, he, he's, a, he's somewhat he, – he's got some athleticism in him to where he can, he can get away, but he don't have that, that – the frame, the body of a Justin Herbert or or something like that to where you look at him as like man he he's you know he's 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 real deal but he is the real deal and he's a baller and he can sit there and take chances on third downs going to Jamar Chase that they drafted him you know he's had the torn ACL and he's come back he's been fine uh, a little scary moment against the Chiefs 
But Joe Mixon is somebody you can bring up and that has been having a tremendous year. Talk about a receiver. Right. What do you think about in this game with Cincinnati and Las Vegas, with Las Vegas, with losing John Gruden, and they've hit a button, you know what I'm saying, with their Derek Carr being a leader, capital L, leader of the team, and getting them to a spot in the playoffs by beating the Chargers. What a hell of a game that was. But what what do you what do you think about both of these teams in this matchup right here? And and what do you think about their road? But I first I want you to start off. What did you think about Chargers versus the Raiders last night? Chargers versus the Raiders, as I stated, man, that was probably one of the best games of the year. Not just of week 18, of the year. Went all the way down to the wire. Both teams showed incredible resilience. Um, and the Chargers, you had a guy in Justin Herbert who just he would never say die. Like it fourth down for fourth down, he converted. Until he didn't. When he didn't, that was the ball game. But it's, I mean, you just, you love games where teams leave it all on the line. And with a team like the Raiders, with everything that they've been through this year, from John Gruden to Henry Ruggs III, to all of the things, the little things and injuries and uh, Darren Waller being gone for as often as he was. You just... They overcame so much that it was so fitting for them to get to the playoffs. And then you add on top of that, right before the playoffs, John Madden passes away. That's another good good energy boost for a team that that needed it. Everything that they've gone through, they need something to give them a little bit of a boost. Now they've got something to play for. They're playing for Mm -hmm. the legacy of John Madden, one of the greatest Mm -hmm. coaches ever. They're playing for the legacy of showing everybody that – Yes, we moved to Vegas. We are no longer the Oakland Raiders. We y'all can't know. Y'all cannot look at us like those Raider teams from the past that were here today, gone tomorrow. We're one mm-hmm. of these teams that we're trying to build our own legacy here in yeah. Vegas. We're yep. trying to start something new. Mm-hmm. And it looks to, it, it it's it's working. So when a team has so many different things go wrong for them and they still find themselves where they ultimately want to be, which is in the postseason, they're, they're a scary team. Simply put, like, they're a scary team. Now, the matchup that they got is mm-hmm. – it can be a favorable matchup for them, but I don't think that too many teams want to see Joe Burrow and his mob right now because mm-hmm. of the way that, that that offense is working. Like you said, Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon has been – has not been the guy that they've expected him to be, just to put it plain, for the last mm-hmm. few years. Mm-hmm. This year, he really became the guy that they needed him to be. Yeah. You add in a rookie in Jamar Chase who is not playing like a rookie. Right. He's playing like one of the top uh, wideouts in the league. Right. To see things like that happen for the Bengals, it's like, come on now, we might be turning the curve all of them years of of being the butt of the division and and being there, but not quite being there with Andy Dalton and and AJ Green, and it's like you have Andy Dalton times two and Joe Burrow, yeah, and then you've got Jamar Chase that's bringing to the table what a guy like AJ Green did when he was younger. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a beautiful thing. It's going to be a great matchup. I like the Bengals in this matchup. Just Joe Burrow is one of those guys that. He he understands yeah. how yeah. important 
each game is. Yeah. And you've seen that time after time in his career. Any instance where it's been any type of doubt pertaining to him, he's proven the odds. He's beaten the odds. From transferring all the way to LSU to having a rocky first season to, okay, now I'm comfortable with the playbook. I know exactly what we about to do this year. To going on and not only winning the Heisman, but winning the national championship in the fashion that he did. So, Mm -hmm. I like Joe Burrow and the boys, man. Yeah, I'm with you there. I, I got I got Cincinnati winning that too. I got them winning by two touchdowns. I got I got them, um, you know, having a good second half. I think second half is when they're going to really kind of take this game and go. You know, it, it it just Joe Joe Burrow, like like you said, he gets it. I think he he already gets it, and it's just like he understands that. Like when he said that we're going to be in the playoffs, and you know, people made their comments and. You know, y'all get a line. You're gonna die in the. You know, you should have drafted Jamar Chase, or you did this, whatever, like that. You're right. in the playoffs. You clinched the berth. You won the division. You are, um, you know, saying you 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 got a matchup to where I feel like that they can play with the secondary, and um, and like I said, Jamar Chase can probably have like a 200 yard game, and and I think that can all happen in that second half, man. I think like it's gonna start off good, but I think the second half is gonna be like one of those things where it's just like whoop. It's really messing up for the you know the Raiders and you know you got to take them at the game to where Derek Carr does not have this fourth quarter you know saying type of comeback because he would do it. So if you you can sit there and let him linger if you want to, you know with Josh be in trouble and, and you you know saying they will sit there and make little plays here and there and then the next thing you know quiet is kept here they are and then you know saying they got a kicker that has not missed a game winning field goal or has not missed. You know what I'm saying? Uh, 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 you know what I'm saying? I would say in this season. I don't know if it was attached to last season or not, but he has not missed the game with a field goal this season, period. Trust me. Trust me. My Cowboys were at the bad end of one of those, so I know all about it, man. You don't want exactly. it to come down to that. Exactly. He has been. He's been money. Um, and that game is in Cincinnati. I mean, it's going to be It's gonna be in their favor. So it's, it's going to be It's gonna be a good game. I, like I said, I think Cincinnati going to pull that out by a couple touchdowns. And we're gonna and we're gonna see, you know, say what happens. We're gonna see where the heads lay there. You know what I'm saying? Um, I, I think I think for this Super Wild Card weekend that they got set up is very nice. Uh, we got a game on Monday, even. I mean, that is I, I, like a Monday night playoff game. You know what I'm saying? Like that is, that is tired, man. You know what I'm saying? I, I like that. I like it, man. It's it's interesting, man. It's brand new. It just it feels like it belongs. Yeah. For some reason, it feels like it belongs. It does, man. Like I mean, like because I, I that was crazy. Whenever the season ends, you know, what I'm saying you're like, damn, man. It's like it ain't no Monday night football coming on, man. Because it'd be kind of nice to sit there and say a playoff game on a Monday night because how right. something such a big event and you don't attach it to a playoff game. Like that's kind of crazy. So you know, that's that's kind of nice that they're doing that. Uh, speaking of a Monday night matchup, we got the uh, national championship tonight. Um, we got Alabama, Georgia, the rematch. I thought the biggest jinx ever was Kirby Smart doing the interview with beside Nick Saban before that game. On the, <laughs> on the, I mean, that was just stupid. Like, I mean, I would have said, no, I'm not doing that because I think they gave them the biggest bad luck before that game for they got their ass whooped like the way they did. I I, I, I mean, you can ask me that a million times. I'm going to say the same thing every time. I would not have sat beside Nick Saban and did an interview with him 
yucking it up, laughing and stuff like that before this game. And it just wouldn't have happened. So this game, hopefully in this in this approach, you would do something a little different and have your team a little bit more meaner because it's one of the best defenses that we've seen. And and we're talking about previous Alabama defenses. So, I mean, like, they got to show some type of rawness, some type of meanness. And I think that some of that got taken away because that happened last game. Yeah, I agree 100%. I really don't – I don't think that I would have went that route if I was uh, Kirby Smart. I just – I don't know, man. It's, it's Nick Saban at the end of the day. Not to mention you have to take into account the way that it looks. Yeah. He was Nick Saban's assistant for years. So yeah. you put them two on a platform together, it's automatically going to look once again like he's Nick Saban's assistant. Like he, yeah. he's not gonna look he's not gonna stand on his own. You're welcome, man. Look like he's supposed to look. So I, I just feel like it would have been better for him way to better. stand alone. And look the part to look like I'm okay. You're, you're going to treat me like a head coach. I'm not just Kirby Smart. I am the head coach of Georgia. You're going to treat me with such respect. Yep. Give me my own platform. Don't sit me beside the greatest coach of all time that you know that I worked under. Don't do that. That's disrespectful. And it was. I felt like it was dumb for him to even accept that. Yeah, and I, and I think I think the team might have looked at that. I could be wrong, but I think the team might have looked at that and just was like, God, dog, man. And, you know, we might see something different tonight. And, you know, we, we know what both can do. We know what both teams, we've seen them, you know, play, but we've seen them just, you know, have their bad games against Texas A&M. We see Georgia, you know, saying get uh, get taken get taken to their limits. And and I, I want to see something out of Stetson Bennett, you know what I'm saying? He's the one one person that I put the spotlight on to, you know, to, to, to try to beat Alabama. You got to beat Bryce Young. You got to beat this cool cop. Joe Burrow-esque type demeanor that is going to be taken, you know, under center just for Alabama. I mean, like, it's, it's hard to, to shake this kid. And he's, you know, lost Mechie and still makes it work. So, I mean, like, you know, it, it's like they got the things in order for him to use to, you know, saying they got the weapons, they got the run game, they got that big powerful running back. But he's he's just so cool, calm, collected. I just want to see Stetson Bennett try to match that and give a better, you know, uh, produce a better game because they have weapons and stuff too. He just got to be a little bit more calm. And that, you know, you, it, it just you are a junior. I think he's a senior, matter of fact. And you got this freshman coming in or sophomore, redshirt sophomore, or does Bryce Young get redshirt sophomore? Yeah, he's redshirt sophomore. And he is just so just calm, cool, and just like that drive against freaking uh, uh, Auburn when their back was against the wall. And they're at freaking at or is the he no. line. He's a redshirt. He, he's a redshirt freshman. Oh, redshirt freshman. Okay. And he sit there and just just took it play after play after play after play down that field to win that game. I said, man, it's gonna be tough to beat that kid. I just the only way of them beating Alabama is Stetson Bennett. Yeah. Stetson Bennett is gonna have to have the game of his life just for the simple fact that everybody knows who George is. They know George's identity. You try to beat Georgia with the run, you're not going to win that ball game. That's where Alabama beat them last time they played. Mm-hmm. Okay, we can't. We might not be able to run the ball on y'all like we can do everybody else, which is basically what Alabama did uh, yeah. against Cincinnati. They just yeah. okay, we want to line up. Our guys are better than yours on the front line. 
Yep. So there's nothing that you can do to stop us. Yep. They can't do that to a team like Georgia because Georgia has the front line to be like, you know what? You can try it if you want to, but you will beat them for a long night. Mm-hmm. And that's where Nick Saban is really showing how great of a coach he is. Now, a lot of people don't realize this, but for back-to-back years, Nick Saban has lost a key wide receiver. Last year being, uh, who was it, Jalen Waddle. Yep. He lost Jalen Waddle. He got him back in the championship game, but everybody knows that he was hobbled. That's why he wasn't really out there. He wasn't effective. Um, this year, he loses Mechie. So we're expecting to see a different Alabama team against Cincinnati. Um, not only did we see them dominate the line of scrimmage, we saw Jamison Williams have the same effect that he would have had if Mechie was still out there. So it's like the way that Nick Saban adjusts to whatever is thrown at him, he just he he makes it look like there's they're never at a disadvantage. Like even when they are missing key players like a Mechie. So in order for the for Georgia to overcome what happened the first game, like you said, Stetson Bennett is gonna have to be the difference. He's gonna have to put pressure on Alabama to where Alabama can't do what they did last game. Last game, Alabama went up, got a lead. Now, all of a sudden, Alabama can do whatever they want. They can turn around, hand the ball off, milk some clock. We can throw it downfield. We can do whatever we want to do. You want to force Alabama's hand because as good of a quarterback as Bryce Young is, he is still young, no Mm -hmm. pun intended. So he's going to make mistakes that other quarterbacks may not make. You have to put him in the situations to where those mistakes are more likely to happen, meaning – you make this game either a shootout or you completely take away the run and make them have to pass the ball all the time, he's going to make a mistake, especially with the team that Georgia has. Georgia's defense is big enough or good enough to to make Bryce Young make some mistakes. The key is once those mistakes happen, Stetson Bennett, what are you going to do? Are you going to make the most of those? Are you going to show him, yeah, you might have won the Heisman, but – I'm still one of them guys, and this not about to be an easy night. Your defense going to have to play just as well as you are. So I, I, I'm really hoping that we see that out of Stetson Bennett. If we don't, <laughs> it's ball it's ball game. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. And, I, and I'm going to go out on a limb and sit there and say, hey, I, just because I want to see Perry, I'm going, to, I'm going with Georgia in this game. You want to know I'm, something crazy? I, 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 I got Georgia the- winning this game too. I got Georgia winning this game, too. And the reason why I have Georgia winning this game is because of, as I said, they can dominate the line of scrimmage Mm -hmm. from the defensive standpoint. But I also like what they're able to do running the ball. They can run the ball with all of those backs. Um, James Cook, which is Dalvin's little brother, he's the X factor for me. Yeah, He's the X factor. If he can do what he's done against a lot of other teams they'll win but i just my my favorite player in the nation which i've said time and time again he does not get the credit that he deserves he's just i feel like you watch him play and you don't know that he's a freshman brock bowers is i i, I don't even know how to put it into words How special of a being he is. He gives me Travis Kelsey, 
um, George Kittle vibes just off the strength that he's a matchup nightmare for whoever you put him on. Mm-hmm. He's really a tight end in size with wide receiver ability. Yeah. And if they can find him early and often, coupled like, with James Cook, I think we might get that Georgia win that both of us are predicting. Yeah, he's a big guy, man. I mean, and like you said, he shares the – like he's like a – he kind of like Matt Jones with more of a tight end body. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah, like I remember Matt Jones from Arkansas. And like he, he just – he was like – he was like one of those just like wide receivers that could have been a tight end, but he was just so fast. And you know what I'm saying, but this kid got the just you you when you come to tackle him, you're like, what am I gonna do? Like, right. how am I gonna get you down? And then he's like, I'm making a football move when you know I'm gone. You know I'm gone. You, you, if you ain't making a play now, I'm getting out of here. Exactly. Yeah, I, I I do like him. He's a real good kid, man. Brock Bowers. I, yeah, that's somebody to definitely look out for. Like you said, Cook's brother. <clears throat> he you know what I'm saying he actually had a couple good plays in that Alabama game. If any if any good game any good plays that I saw. For Jordan, mm-hmm. um, but you know, uh, I, I just you know, I for if I was sitting there saying a betting man, I'm going to put my money on Nick Saban. But like I said, every I, time, I, I'm, every I'm, time. Just a, I'm just a person right now in this college football era, uh, uh, college football playoffs, the transfer portal, and all the things right now. Looking at my team that I support, Miami, trying to climb up the ladder. I just look at this as like something where I'm like, ah. Eh, eh, I'm picking Georgia because I want to see Georgia win. If they win it, that'd be nice. You know, I'm I not... just think it's time for Georgia. Yeah, it's time yeah. for Georgia. Time after time, we see them get to almost right there, and something happens, and they yeah. don't make it there. Yeah. This year could have been one of those years. After they lost to Bam, drop off against Michigan and and lost that game. But they fought through what happened against Alabama, came out against Michigan, and looked like the Georgia that everybody had seen the entire year. And now here they are with another Mm -hmm. rematch against Alabama. And the crazy thing about it is even with these guys losing Alabama last time, Alabama being the number one seed, Alabama beating Cincinnati the way that they did, Georgia is still the favorite in this game. So, I think it, they opened up as a three-point favorite. So, I mean, that's all the ammunition that you need right there if you're Georgia. You're yeah. still who you think that you are. You just got to come out and prove it tonight. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be nice, man. Like I said, they they still they still need to put in something where it's a vacation day after this after these games. <laughs> I agree. God, man. I mean, like. I mean, Jesus. I mean, we got we got the national championship, but it's you know I'm not here to poo poo on the national championship or nothing. But to have the same conference national championship is you know like we you know we we got you know same division matchups in the in NFL playoffs, but this same conference in a, in, in national championship, it's like can the 18 playoff fix it? You know, what I'm saying would an 18 playoff fix it, or would it be kind of the same? Would it be so many to where it'd be like, okay, it's going to be more SEC matchups, more ACC matchups, more Big Ten matchups, or will it help it to where it might cause a little bit of parity where you might have an eight, you know what I'm saying, be in that one, beat that one, or, you know what I'm saying, my eight might make it to a championship to where you might say, huh, man, this is something to actually, you know, be happy to pick a winner. I just, it's, it's time to extend it, man. It's time to extend it. This year showed you more than any year that it's time to extend it. 
you have teams like Cincinnati who even being undefeated still almost didn't even make it in. Mm-hmm. It's just and and then once they made it in, you still had teams complaining about whether teams on the outside would have been better in the playoffs. Right. You had your, your teams like Ohio State who at full strength would have given anybody a run for their money in that playoff just off the strength of their offense. You have teams like uh, Notre Dame who you never know what would have yeah. happened. Yeah. You just – you never know. Like we've seen them in the playoffs before and we've seen them get washed up. Mm-hmm. But once again, times are changing with these transfer portals and mm-hmm. all of the different nuances in college football these days. You just you can't look at the past for what's going to happen in the future. So the, I feel like the best way for them to to get a get ahead of everything is to just go ahead and expand it, man. Whether it's to six, I believe eight is the ideal number. Yeah. But even if it's just to six in order to see how much of a difference that makes, do that. But change needs to be made just off the strength that it's kind of unfair that a team like Cincinnati has to go undefeated just to get in when the other teams don't. If they would have lost to Notre Dame, which Notre Dame's only loss on the season was to uh, Cincinnati. So it's like if that would have went the opposite way, Cincinnati wouldn't even be thought about as far as making it into the playoffs. So I just I think it's time to expand. Um, hopefully this year shows them that and they'll start to get that ball rolling. But I, I don't know, man. Like you said, college football playoff, national championship. I got Georgia just like you do, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's all on the strength of just saying, hey, we're going to see something different because, hell, even Nick Saban didn't look excited whenever he won the damn <laughs> When he won the first playoff game, he was just like, okay. You know, it's like, damn, man. Let's see a very excited head coach be, you know, saying happy that they won this thing because with Alabama win this, we're going to see the same looking picture where Nick Saban, like, yeah, we, <laughs> we'll see you next year. You exactly. Know? You know, so something's got to something's gotta be done differently to where it's not sitting there trying to take uh, nothing away from Alabama because they ain't doing nothing wrong. So it just, it's just all about it in a, in a, in a competitive standpoint. You're getting your best competition from the SEC because Alabama's in there, and and you know it would be like at any other conference if you got a championship team coming, you know, saying maybe every single year, and they might have a one-off year, maybe two or whatever like that. That that conference is always going to have one to two teams that's going to combat and end up being in that in that third, fourth spot, and you're going to have two SEC teams that are going to be better than an ACC team. Or just like at uh uh what uh, Cincinnati Conference USA not Conference USA uh um, um uh, American American and American you know, Athletic Conference right American Athletic Conference and you know they coming in there like damn you know what I'm saying like I just think that if you make it eight it makes it could shift some things where conference conferences could get stronger maybe you know what I'm saying. Because yeah, because you, you got your top-heavy teams, like you said. The SEC is going to be the SEC, especially when teams know or when uh, recruits or transfers know that they've got to make in the playoffs by going to one of those teams. Right. If you're not going to expand it and give these younger teams or uh, uh, non-Power 5 teams a better chance, then what what do you expect to happen? It's going to be right. the same thing over and over. So the best way to, to change that would be to expand Right. Now you get better football all the way around. 
Yep. I, I, I agree with you there. And like I said, man, something we'll see with how these committees get together. You know what I'm saying? We'll see what they're going to do. But tonight, it's going to be a good game. Hopefully, you know what I'm saying? We, we just, we just talked it dry. So we're going we're gonna to see whenever the lights shuttle or when the lights come on. And announce nothing else to do but play now. Yeah, it's got it's time to for down set hut. Because like we we mentioned, we mentioned with what both teams can do well and and you know saying the weaknesses of both teams is they can beat themselves. And we we've seen it where Georgia beat themselves against Alabama in that first game. And and if Alabama loses, just like we've seen against Texas AM, they can beat themselves. How they can back have their backs against the corner against Auburn, same thing. So um it's gonna be crazy, but I thank you, Ish, for uh, coming on with me, man, and uh, and, and and talking some good football. Because, like I said, it's like people I love talking football with that really knows their football is like you're you're definitely one of them. And um, like I said, I had I've had John Overstreet on here, and I hold you to that you know it's that same regard. And uh, and I, like I said, I for you, I'm happy because. With that record being the only NFL team in history to have quarterback over 4,000 yards, running back over 1,000 yards, wide receiver over 1,000 yards, and a defensive player over 10 sacks, and a, and a quarterback over 10 receptions. That's, a, that's amazing right there. Hey, man, I appreciate you for having me. And like you said, man, all them accolades that you just mentioned, it's a special year, man. I don't know if it's going to translate to a Super Bowl. I hope that it it does. If not a Super Bowl win and at least an appearance, but yeah, man, it's it's a special year. It's definitely a special year. So anything less than making it to the uh, conference championship would be a letdown. Now I understand you there, and I and if if it if it so be it, if we if we match up in that conference championship, but it's looking like if you know what I'm saying it's looking like if we both win, we're going to be looking like we 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 beating each other uh, round two. So, uh, like I said, I ain't looking ahead, and I'm worried about me the neither. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. But the way with the way that the NFL has been this year, yeah, you, you can't look ahead. You can't. You cannot. And that's why. And that's why I made sure that that's my mindset when I woke up this morning. Was like, hey, we got Philly. We got Philly. We can't think about 49ers or the Dallas. We got the Philadelphia Eagles because they bring. You know, they bring it. You know, what I'm saying so. We'll see. Yeah, man. But, but but man, I hope you have a good day, and I hope everybody else have a good day. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna call this a wrap. All right, man. Appreciate you. Until next time, bro. All right, brother. Soft talk is out.